Olivia, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. We've become social media buddies. It's like kind of the cool thing about the way it is now. It's like I've, I've seen you and seen your stuff and we've connected and it's been really good to catch up. But I love what you're doing uh, with your community. Will you introduce yourself where you're from, you know, where you're living right now and where you're at currently? Yeah, um, so my name's Olivia. I've been in property management for about three years. Um, and I've been living uh, around Seattle, Washington my entire life, born and raised. Um, and so I've worked in different parts of the area, um, all the way from you know the east side Bellevue area. And right now I'm working up north in Edmonds um, with a fantastic team. I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> that is awesome. So how can, what was your multifamily journey? How did you get into it and where, how did you kind of go up the ladder, so to speak? Um, so I got into multifamily because uh, actually one of our mutual friends, Heather um, Bloom, got me into it. Uh, I, okay, so I yeah. knew that we had the mutual connection, but I didn't know she got you into the industry. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, she brought me in because I was living in Wenatchee at the time and I needed a job on the other side of the mountains, as we say. <laughs> And she's like, well, why don't you try being a leasing agent for a little bit um, and see how you like it? So I was brought into a lease up, um, brand new into the industry. And after about six months, I was promoted to an assistant manager. Um, and I was working more lease ups. And uh, about, you know, beginning of last year, around January 2020, I was like, I think I'm ready for that next step. And so I jumped headfirst into being, you know, as a community manager. Um, right at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Oh my goodness. So you were like thrown in the deep water, really the real deep water. <laughs> real oh yeah. Yeah. Everything I knew as a leasing agent and then system manager got turned on its head. Um, so that I, I had to learn how to be really flexible, um, think on my toes and, and just really go for it. <laughs> That's incredible. I kind of love that you're newer in the industry because I think a fresh perspective when you're like, you know, when you're just getting in, Three years is long enough that you've been able to see all the different pieces, but you're not jaded yet, I don't think, by the industry. <laughs> so, okay, you made these leaps. What do you think helped you go from leasing to assistant? Let's start there. What was what quality did you have that, because that's a quick transition. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was, you know, attention to detail. Um, I was really good with reporting. I had a really good set of uh, problem-solving skills which is something that, you know, a lot of us will look in for an assistant manager, you know, are you able to reports on time? Can you help us with that problem solving? Because that is the biggest help. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're able to use those skills and really it's kind of like a soft skill. Um, I don't think a lot of managers or people really put a lot of emphasis on those soft skills. You can teach the hard skills, but if you don't have those soft skills where you can do that problem solving reach out empathetically with compassion and really see it from a resident's point of view and then offer what you can do. Um, you know, it's, it's harder. I feel like. I think that's such a, like, almost like you said, it's almost an underrated skill to be able to have that. So when you're, when you look for say a leasing professional, what are you looking for now as a property manager? 
Uh, I'm looking for creativity a lot of the time um, and good problem solving skills because uh, I can teach you phone skills. I can teach you, you know, how to walk a tour path and what to look for in cleaning. Um, but you need to be able to have those softer skills where, you know, you can, uh, you know, kind of be moldable because, you know, you can take somebody who's never been a leasing agent before ever, and they have those softer skills and you can really mold them to, you know, your property and, you know, your style that you have. So that's usually what I look for is, you know, do they have those good skill sets uh, in place already um, where they can be flexible and creative with, you know, okay, so I can't offer you this, but I can do this and, yeah. and being more independent in that sort of format, but still coming to me with, you know, the bigger things. Yeah. Because I think, I think that you nailed it. Like once you're a property manager, you, you cannot solve every single problem. I mean, you don't want everybody coming to you with every problem. You'd rather have a team that is solution oriented and I like that you said mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily have to be inside of the industry. Like it could be somebody that's been doing something totally different, but if they come with that, like awareness and like you said, those skills, you can teach the other stuff. So that's, yeah. that's really cool. So then after you were an assistant manager and you felt those problem solving skills came in handy there, when you decided that you were ready for the PM role, what, what do you think prepared you for that? Um, what really prepared me was when I was able to build the confidence around some of the problems that, you know, might not have a straight, clear cut answer to them, um, where I was, you know, maybe problem solving some more ambiguous situations where you had to be a little bit more creative and it was still within, you know, the means that, you know, was good for the company, um, but it also good for the resident. Because uh, that's something that's really important to me is being able to walk that line where you are, you know, doing the right thing for your company and making sure you're protecting the asset. But at the end of the day, we're here for the residents and we wouldn't have a job without them. Right. Uh, so making sure things are fair um, for them as well is just as important. That's yeah. Ex I, I actually had a conversation earlier today and we talked about that, how it is this like this line because it's got to be financially profitable for the ownership, but you can't mm -hmm. lose sight of the residents being like our real client. And so it is, it's at this constant balance. Now I'm, I'm curious because you started as a property manager just a couple of months before this world kind of went in this crazy direction. What are the mm -hmm. challenges that you faced this last year? Um, so this last year, you know, we weren't able to do any more, I guess, rule enforcement. And that's been the more difficult thing where, um, you know, we're not able to enforce those things anymore. Right. <laughs> that's really been the more difficult thing. You know, I, you know, people have lost their jobs, money's tight, you know, I'm happy to help you. And I'm really happy things are in place around protections for the residents who've lost their jobs and everything. Um, but the parts that are really harder when, you know, I have a resident who's smoking or a resident who, you know, is doing other things and you can't really rule and force into that um, and get them to really stop. You can just call them and remind them and make notes. But that's been the more difficult thing is, is not having that 
enforcement. Um, and I know my property and other properties, there's been you know, a movement of residents um, leaving properties because we're not able to enforce those. Um, and we're like, I get it, you know, you have to do what's best for you. <laughs> yeah, it can feel like your hands are really tied. How have mm -hmm. you guys worked to cope and adjust with just all of the changes? I mean, it seems like for many of the managers that I've talked to every week, every month was different and you kind of had to be ready to be making those changes. How did you mentally get there to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I have a really good support system. My company is fantastic. I have amazing regionals, amazing admin team. Um, they're very supportive. They're very understanding. Our ownership is also very understanding where, you know, they're like, we get it really hard for you guys. Your feet, your boots are on the ground um, and they do everything that they can to support us. They listened to uh, me when I suggested to do a quick sheet uh, for mental health. Um, I go see a therapist as well. That's been a really big resource, uh, just you know, helping me being able to balance life, work, setting boundaries, not taking it home with me. Um, and so our company has also uh, put together a rental assistance coordination team specifically just to help residents who have high delinquencies. So their entire job is to be in touch with us and our residents. Um, and getting them in touch with different rental resources that are available in our area. Uh, so they're calling them, following up, going, okay, did you call so-and-so? Have you sent them, you know, this information? Have you talked to Olivia about it? You know, uh, all of those different things. And last week we celebrated getting a 15K check for one of the residents. That is incredible. Like almost an entire year of their rent. And I was so happy. I was running around the office telling everybody. I was calling, you know, my, my admin team going, look at this amazing thing. And the resident was so, so relieved. I, the amount of joy from that was just phenomenal. That is so cool. Well, you, you said so many valuable things. I want to go back to a few of them. I think talking about mental health. We don't often talk about it openly in our industry and it's mental health awareness in May. And mm -hmm. I too, I mean, I, I started going to a therapist this year too, just because when you have to be the support system for others, you need a support system too. So I think it's great that you mentioned that openly. And I, I try to do that too, just because I think we all need that sounding board, but I love that your company implemented, you said they, they allowed you guys to do a mental health, like sheet kind of, is it, was it like suggestions or? Yeah. So I, um, I asked if there was some way that, you know, cause they were asking how to best support managers last year around COVID. And it was, I think it was like April, May last year too, where things were getting really uncertain. Um, and so I suggested, uh, to my regional, um, that it would be really awesome if they put together a sheet, got together with our HR team. This is your health insurance. This is how you can use it to get in touch with therapists, you know, make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Um, no brainer. Yeah. And so, and they just offer, and it got put together within a week or two. And it included like some apps, like the Calm app, uh, which I use all the time use the daily meditations and sleep stories. They're fantastic. Um, 
and just having that resource available just to make it as easy as possible. Because with our industry, we come home, we're exhausted, we're drained. I don't want to spend another three hours researching how, yeah. how to do this. Um, and I, and it was so helpful. I was able to uh, get in touch with, you know, my primary care doctor and get everything together, see a therapist within, I think, you know, three months, but um, you know, which is a little bit long, but overall uh, when you are trying to find a therapist, sometimes it can take longer. Yeah. That's so practical too. I think sometimes we think we have to do these grand things, but the practicality, like I know me, I'm a procrastinator. If I think something is going to be like difficult, like if it's yeah. a million steps, I'm like, I'll do, I'll research that later. So I love that you guys took such a practical approach. You've mentioned your, um, your company and your team. I, I think that transitions well. I'd like to ask you, uh-huh. how do you feel supervisors, not just during this COVID time, but just in general, how can they offer really good support? Like a lot of times I'll hear like in some of the groups, like, oh, corporate doesn't know what we're dealing with. How can we align ourselves with our corporate teams and what can they do to support us and vice versa? I think just being, uh, making sure you're communicating effectively. Um, I know sometimes there's, you know, and and it also depends on the relationship you have with your regional and, and the company, but um, making sure you keep that as an open book, um, making sure you're sharing, hey, this is going on on the property. I'm really stressed out. Can you give me some suggestions? Um, and then, you know, I've just been really open with my regionals on, you know, my journey with therapy. And then also, um, I'm also very honest with them if I need to take a mental health day. And I think, uh, and they're also very open and understanding of that as well. Um, they just having that compassion, uh, to understand that, you know, it's a hard industry. And I make sure my team knows that as well. I tell my team all the time, like you need a mental health day, do it. Tell me we'll put in your sick time. It's great. You know, there's no shame in mental health day. And I think a lot of, you know, not just within our industry, but the working industry in general, there is some inherent shame, um, for having a mental health day, because it's not a physical condition. It's not something you can see. Um, and it, it, it's really real. You know, some days you just can't get out of bed and you need to be gentle with yourself and kind and understanding to yourself. And I think, you know, companies and regionals and higher ups, they need to understand that this year has been really hard. There's been a lot of burnout. I'm seeing a lot of job postings opening up in different management companies because people are just throwing in the bag saying, I can't do this anymore. Um, But just making sure that they're reaching out and checking in on the team. How's, how are you doing? How's the rest of your team doing? Have you checked in with them lately? Making sure to spur that conversation um, and and opening those doors um, and making sure everyone's okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Communication. Um, I, we were we were discussing it even with our team that when as the leads you open up that it's okay to say, "Hey, I'm kind of off today," or "I'm having a hard day," and it could be for a wide variety of reasons. You may not have to go into detail, but when you normalize that as a leader, that that's okay. It almost opens up that your team can come to you with that because the reality is is we can put our head in the sand and think nobody's ever having a bad day. Like if I haven't heard about it, it's not true, but it's like we do. And we all, and I sometimes even worry with that with social media, because 
you know, we position everything and it's, and we want to be positive. I had a interview uh-huh. manager who just bubbles forth positivity, but she was talking like the same thing. She's like, there's the hard days where it just takes everything you have to, to give it. So I think you're right. I think shedding a light that this has been a really hard year and not just saying it, but then putting the measures in place to check on people. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that vulnerability. Yeah, that's right. When everybody's like, you know, be vulnerable and be transparent. It's like, no, for real, like really let them know that we're having, you know, and I yeah. think there's a place for it. Right. So it's like, we, I think, you know, not everybody's going to feel comfortable. I've seen that even with my team, not everybody's going to feel comfortable sharing everything. And I think that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, making space for how everybody needs that, just that permission to take a day sometimes. Yeah. And they don't need to explain themselves to me. If they just literally say, I need a mental health day. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I need a sick day. That's like your code. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't need to know why, you know, if you need that time, you have earned that time. Yeah. Time. And that's something people don't think of. You earned that time. You need to use it for yourself and make sure you're okay. I feel like this is going to be a really good theme for this podcast because <laughs> you really are an advocate for championing that. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because we often hear from the corporate level, but I wanted to hear from the people that are like in it day to day and not to forget that there's so many things like you guys are dealing with so many people. And I'm curious from your perspective, like you're newer as a property manager, but you've got a hard year. I feel like even though it's like you're one and one and one year plus in, I feel like the year you had gives you like extra, extra years of experience. That's my resume. Yes. And you're like, yes, it's a year, but it was a COVID year. So, so I'm curious, how are you navigating answering to your team? your residence, ownership, supervisor, like there's so many voices. How do you like navigate that? I think it's important to uh, make sure that you're giving yourself space and time to listen and really comprehend, active listen to each person. So if I have, you know, a meeting with a team member, they're bringing something to me, um, you know, I'll let, you know, whoever I have in the front office, I'll go, okay, Hey, I'm going to be gone for like 30 minutes. Um, if you know, any, if, you know, let me know if somebody's dying or buildings on fire, but you know, high tier things. Um, but, uh, the best piece of advice I ever received was making sure that what, even if uh, there's so much happening, you've got a bunch of reports due, the best thing you can do for your team members, any residents, um, you know, regionals is pausing and making sure you carve out that time for them. And if you absolutely cannot go, okay, Hey, I I really need to finish this. Can we schedule a time? Because I really want to make sure that I'm listening to you and, and we have this conversation. Um, and so just making sure you set those boundaries being very open that, that, uh, conversation, you know, um, and making sure you're taking that time, uh, is, is what's really important. So yeah, (laughs) no, it's perfect. It's like being there who's in front of you at the time. And I think sometimes we create like these open loops because when we're talking to somebody, we're thinking about something else and it's like, then you never Mm -hmm. feel like you're connected. 
Um, but it is a juggling act. And so when you think about somebody coming in now to a manager role and you, you, you know, you now have this year under your belt, what would you tell somebody that's aspiring to be a property manager? Like, what do you think are some of the qualities they're going to need to bring to the table? Um, when you're coming into being a property manager, I think what's really important is that you take some time to reflect on what your values are because your values are really what's going to mold and guide you through this first year. Um, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to be overwhelmed. People are going to come at you with a lot of questions. You don't have to answer right away. Make sure you set those boundaries and go, okay, I hear what you're saying. I need to think about this. Can I get back to you? Or I need to run this past someone. It's okay to not answer right away. That is so, I haven't had anybody say that, that it's okay to not answer right away. I think that's, that's really gold advice. I think people sometimes feel bullied into having to answer right away and they feel no, that, yeah, yeah, no, I, I love that. So it's like giving yourself that personal space to, to think about things. So what have you found in your, in your processes, any tips, tricks to automate things, maybe to make your time feel like it's stretched. So you're not feeling so pressed. I mean, I know there's no such thing as perfect processes, but any, any just kind of like things like that, that have helped. Definitely brain drain. Oh, good. <laughs> I start my Mondays. I'll give myself 30 minutes in the morning. Um, drinking my coffee. I, I was, I was admiring your product, product placement. I mean, that was like beautiful. I was like, and she did it so beautifully. Like I can lovely. make sure I don't cover anything. Um, <laughs> That's right. It was beautiful, <laughs> but I'll, I'll do a brain drain for the week. And, you know, I'll look at my calendar, what meetings and, and everything do I have? Um, so I'm not, I'm not missing anything. Is there anything from last week? I have a weekly planner that I'll, I'll, get everything out that I need to do for the week. Is there any residents I need to follow up with? Um, you know, cause I always make sure I tell my residents like, look, I'm going to get back to you within 24 hours during the work week. I mean, if you email me on Saturday, please you know, call the leasing agents. But um, our, our goal is that 24 hour turnaround time. So that's really important to me. Um, but really just that brain drain really helps because it gets it out of my head. I'm not worried that I'm going to forget someone or something. I'm not going to forget about a team member's birthday, um, those sorts of things. So that really takes a load off of my mind, being able to do that. Also, mail merge is a lifesaver. If you don't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> um, I, you know, because our company uh, will send out resident invoices with delinquency, just with like, hey, this is your balance, you know, just so you know. Um, and I have to send those out, you know, twice a month. Uh, so being able to do mail merge and automate uh, the letters, being able to automate the envelope labels so I can just stick them on, that has been a huge life there. So, you know, just look for ways that you can save time. Um, how can you cross make processes better? And take an Excel class. Yes to uh, take those spreadsheets or if, you know, your regional needs a certain number or figure, being able to just quickly pull that from Yardi, do your formulas and bam, that's done in five minutes. You're not sitting there with a calculator for, you know, 30 minutes. 
that's such good advice because I think sometimes I'll hear people say, I just don't have time for that. And it's like, but if you don't make the time now, like it's just perpetuated over the career or Mm -hmm. what you said about Excel, like if that's not a strong suit for you, a class could be like a life changer for you. (laughs) I mean, really? So I think those are some really good tips. You have also, um, I know you're also very hands-on with your community. Have you found anything that your residents really like in terms of like, let's say events or things that you do on social that you find they really connect with? Oh, that's a great question. I, I haven't been able to do a whole lot because of the pandemic. Um, but what I have done is uh, candy guessing jar in our leasing window, uh, which has been fantastic. Residents really like that. Um, and also door hangers. I've been doing a lot of that as well. Um, this month I'm thinking of doing a coloring contest and just putting out those pages on everyone's doors and maybe have them see about putting them in their windows or something, um, and doing a contest in that format. But yeah, I, I'm very excited once we can gather again, because I have so many ideas. <laughs> One of my favorites that I did at my last community was um, lawn games and lemonade. Ooh, I like that. I love the alliteration. And uh, I came up with it because we have, and, and especially at my new community, we have this big grassy area, big courtyard area. Um, and it's fantastic if you can, if you buy, you know, the, the lawn games ahead of time, like cornhole or uh, what is it, lawn golf? Yeah. The ball and the stick. Um, And and you use it for the resident event and the residents go, oh, this is great. And then you can keep it in your office later for them to borrow out. And then it's just an added amenity that you just added on and it's relatively inexpensive. Um, And lemonade's always cheap. So And it feels very like summer and like a treat. And it just is like an elevated experience. I think that's a good idea. And when you guys get your, I know you have the limited window, but when you have those sunny days, they're like the most beautiful sunny days. It's actually (laughs) sunny today, if you can tell. (laughs) I'm not used to that. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I think that's so neat too, that you've though kind of pivoted to do some sort of engagement, like with the guests, how many and different things like that to still keep it alive. But I know a lot of people feel the same way. A manager I talked to earlier, she was like, I used to complain about doing resident events. She's like, I am so ready to do one. So I think it's like, because of the year we've had some of the things we're like having a different perspective on for sure. So I've always loved them. I'm like, I'm ready to go. You're ready. So anything else, Olivia, this has been so good. You've shared such good wisdom and nuggets. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with or anything that you're really proud of that you want to share? Um, not really. Um, I think I, you know, mental health awareness month for May, and it's really important. Just make sure you're, you're checking in on your teams on the manager level, the admin level, um, also, I know something I wanted to plug is uh, any management companies should look into some of those app-based therapies because some of them do offer company packages. And with our lives being so busy and everything, if you can offer that to your company and to your employees, just being able to, oh my gosh, this was such a rough day, pull up, go take a five-minute break, pull up your phone, talk to your therapist. Um, I feel like that would reduce a lot of burnout in our industry. So 
invest in your people, please. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's a great closing message. It's invest in your people and also take the stigma off of yourself to say that, Hey, I'm having a day. I'm having a, whatever. I think I appreciate you being so um, open about it because I think like so many people don't. And I think it's a great message for us to share. And we want people to want to work in our industry. And if it gets the reputation of just being this really difficult place, like mm-hmm. you said, we'll, we'll see those, that turnover and, and it's, and it's not necessary. We need, we need our yeah. essential, essential property managers <laughs> to stay in the game. Absolutely. Give yourself that permission to be kind to yourself. Yes. that's a, And I think, you know, just as you said that I was thinking, we can be very empathetic sometimes towards others, like in property management, you become empathetic yeah. to your, but sometimes you're like, expect yourself to always be okay or be on. So I think that that what you said is being kind to yourself too. So Olivia, thank you so much for this good chat. I can't wait for people to hear it. And I hope that they benefit and kind of look at themselves and say, hey, when's the last time I checked on my team or checked on myself? I hope so. Thank you for having me, Barbara. This is fun. It was fun. (laughs) 